Oh, the Greg Gardner. Oh, he makes me so mad. Oh, oh the Greg Gardner. Just see him. I get so angry. Oh, the Greg Gardner. Oh, almost as angry as when I see the Mark Georgian. Oh, the Mark Georgian. Oh, he makes me so mad. Oh, he looks at me and I guess, oh, I get so mad with the Mark Georgian and the Greg Gardner. Oh. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, as always, by my favorite flavor of maple syrup, Kevin Grack. Grackers, <laughs> how you doing, buddy? Oh, I've been keeping it real maple Uh You know, WJR knows no borders, right? Even in the Great White North, with all of its freedom, the voice of Will Teeman, the he got scratchy- it. No, there was none of that this time. He <laughs> had COVID during this game. <laughs> Oh, he's like no. coughing through it it was a mess well, but i in the land of of labat and and uh and syrup and back bacon i still managed to listen to the illinois game and no one ever wants you to say back bacon ever again. ever again and that voice is our in-house will team and impersonator alex plum i got it <laughs> Uh, how are you doing? Welcome back. We missed you last week. Um, you know, I refuse to take any responsibility for watching the Super Bowl. Why am Why am I the one penalized for watching the Super Bowl with friends? I like commercials, so say more. I'm not going to. I, just <laughs> I like commercials. I just Were think you? it is irresponsible of this pod, which purports to care about sports ball, to have excised me. From recording. Sports. As a uh, resident of the city of Detroit, did you have your Stafford jersey on during the game? Yeah, I will Detroit say. Rams. You know, my, yeah. That, <laughs> you know, Detroit doesn't benefit from this, so I don't really get the, um, I don't really get folks that are claiming it, but I also don't understand the vitriol. I mean, there seems to be a certain level of frustration yeah. with Detroiters who are like celebrating it. Like, let them have this. Like, Detroit yeah, has so nothing. Good. You know, I'm happy for fans, however they want to be fans. I think that's right. I just don't think we should care. And I think, frankly, great for Matt Stafford. His wife's a little loopy, but you know what? You know what? He got at least she cares about photographers when they fall off stage. And she just picked a couple more zeros up. Oh, yeah, I saw that, too. Do do you see the photographer's tweets got dug up, though? Oh, no. See, and Twitter's not a safe space for anybody. Not the least of which is Annie Annie Agar. Uh, I don't know if you saw She's been getting canceled lately, too. So it's a good time. Anyway, thank you, of course, for listening. Uh, If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life, Uh, even those who are downtrodden about a double L week. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Plum, structure the show. Give it to me, baby. Uh Well, this podcast begins, if you are a first-time listener, welcome, grateful you're here. We start behind the green wall, where football always leads, except this week, because inexplicably, somehow, we have zero things to talk about for football, other than Mel Tucker is a giant among men, and we love him. So, we'll jump right into basketball. We have a couple games to review. As Jones just said, both L's, bummers. We'll head off Grand River. We'll talk about what's going on across the connection of sports, particularly in the Big Ten, and even down the road in Ann Arbor. We'll preview the games at Iowa and then at home against Purdue and take your Twitter questions. Love it. So, yes, let's head behind that green wall. And, um, wow, what a week. 
let's start with the Penn State game. And I know, you know, by the time this comes out, it will have been a full week. But we're in the midst of this team truly going through it. And this is more in in weeks previous. We've been seeing a lot of like this happens every year in February takes. And like, I appreciate it that you're trying to be level headed about this thing. But this team is headed in the wrong direction by every metric. Boo. And you hope that maybe the Penn State game was truly the bottoming out because, you know, we can we'll talk about Illinois in a second, but let's let's stick with Penn State. So um, 630 tip meant that for parenthood reasons, it was a difficult for me to watch the first half. Yeah. Um, it's difficult saw, for me to care about your parenting that's issues. Fair. Wow. Greg is on fire today. A listener, the things that he's already had to cut that have come out of his mouth are alarming. Uh, so I saw in the, in the bit, I was able to watch just really bad, low effort offense in the first half. Um, I, I mean, I think storylines coming out of this. though is that Gabe Brown continues to be, borderline unplayable yeah just full collapse is where we're at right now um i mean it didn't help that no one was good in at penn state right like aj wasn't good marble kind of got gashed malik scored three points christy has also been in a mid freshman season sophomore slump i mean maybe that's what happens when you play high score of second highest score second highest scorer yeah but still Maybe when you play the most minutes on the team, you become a sophomore earlier in your than than your second year. Um, uh, yeah, this was just um, Bingham horrible. Uh, it was just bad all around. Hall, this is going to be a theme for this week's pod. Um, not contributing anything really uh, in his twenty three minutes. Like in, in this game, at times I thought we don't have a point guard at all. That is we didn't Hogar didn't score. Th- ah, 21 minutes, zero points, five assists and two steals. If we're just mm-hmm. going to shout out stat lines. I mean, it's not like he didn't contribute anything, but yeah. yeah, he was, he was bad. He was bad. Yeah. It only 11 turnovers for the team in this game, which is pretty good by MSU standards. Um, so he had two on Pierre Brooks too. It just, it, this, to have a just an epic collapse like this in the last three minutes, um, just unacceptable, fully and totally unacceptable. Yeah, because they were up what fourteen? Fourteen? With like yes, nine left to play. Uh, uh, no, it was like five with nine with nine or ten left to play. The fourteen differentiator was more like three four minutes into the half and then penn state went on a run sort of cut that lead and then it hung out in that like what felt comfortable because it just seemed impossible that this team would dribble itself down its leg to this degree (laughs) um but then as we got further in and i think even at the even at like the five minute mark when it was at that point when it was cut to a five-point game i thought there's no one that's going to save this team. You know, there's no one to go to here. And all Penn State didn't even have to play particularly well 
to steal this game. They just yeah. they just had to be a mediocre basketball team to win. Well, and, and what was interesting to me is that down the stretch, if I'm remembering correctly, you know, that that back that middle to back half of the second half, right? So you're you're under 12 to the two minute mark, give or take. Julius Marble actually played quite well and then got gassed. Like yeah. I, I I mean, you know, Rest him. and, and the thing is, what is Julius is a, a sophomore junior junior sure. that COVID year is so weird, but either way, the, the fact that that was the only output we were able to get at the center position is alarming at this point in time. And, and Harar being able to beat up Bingham in the block. What are we, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. Like Harar's, I mean, a good player, but he's not a great player. He does not have the physical tools to be able to compete against a seven footer. And yet Marcus Bingham was a non-factor. Yeah. We can agree that there is, there is this, the skill is there. I mean, the team has the potential. We've seen them play well. So it's not as if they're not skilled. We've seen them play together well as a team. So we know that there is the capacity for teamwork in which some players complement others. And when one has a low game, another can rise. And yet for all of February and for most of January, when one player is bad, they all decide to just take off their shoes and <laughs> fuck it up consistently. So I don't know. You need to take off your shoes to do that. Yeah, I guess. I don't know why I was going with that. But It's polite. It's polite to do that. It's polite to in, do that when you're going to fuck When you go to someone you, else's house. When you're on the road, you take your shoes off. and, and then let's, let's say that for a second, too. 8,000 people, give or take, in attendance. And it felt empty. It, it felt 8,000 feeling yeah. like eight. Greg was pointing out that they just got a massive win and like could not wait to be out the building. Gotta go. Bye. They, oh, they when won? The, when the broadcast team was doing the coaching interview, which only happens like four minutes after the game ends, the stands empty. were just completely empty. They were turning lights off. So <laughs> we're like, yeah. hi. We gotta go. Collect, we had to move your shoes. We had to move <laughs> them. Uh, they're in the closet, but if you could just grab those, great. Yeah, I'm going. I mean, the lights went off in the middle of off. the fucking interview. So I'm just saying, this is a, pro this is a. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm, we're out of words. We're, you're out of words. We're out of analysis. We're out of. We're just like. There's no explanations left. There's nothing. This is just the team not playing to win. I'm not even sure what they're doing is playing. They're contributing the very bare minimum. To, to, to Jones's point, although Hogard scores zero points, he contributed something. Sure, all of them contributed by something. Five of them contributed just by voluntarily stepping foot on the court to be there when the ball was tipped. So if that's, if that's the bare minimum, wow, I could play. I, um, I, I think it's also worth pointing out, in, you know, it, I mean, it, th this was an epic meltdown. Epic yeah. meltdown. Uh, it, you got to tip the cap in a couple places, though. I mean, Harar kept hustling. Absolutely. Uh, 
Seth Lundy played every second of that game. Hmm. Every second. And down the stretch, made some shots that, I mean, you just say, cool. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're supposed to do. And, and, and that's, it seems like we're seeing a few of those. We're going to talk about it a little bit more in Illinois, but like, I guess the problem is that as much as you can tip your cap about some of that stuff, it's the hustle that happens earlier in the game that lets them even be in the position to, to get back into this. And it's the inability to hustle literally. It is purely an effort thing with this team. And that's yeah. what's so frustrating. Yeah, this this one hurt. I mean, other than the home Northwestern loss, like this is one that I'm just gonna be pointing at for a while. Like I can't this is a this is one of the worst program losses over the last several years. Tenth time in school history. And can we talk for a second about Izzo not availing the media of his players for Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You know, I think because I, I we got to probably move on in a second here to the to the next game, which is fun. I was actually somehow more apoplectic about, but this is um, you know, I I I don't know. I don't think you can draw conclusions or parallels necessarily. Izzo took a lot of heat for the Gabe Brown interaction that he had last year, and I have to think in some way, and he said this too, that he just doesn't. He's not giving it. He's not giving this team the business that he normally would. That he's. What did he say? I guess maybe he didn't say it directly. He said, "I'm enjoying this this team a lot." I don't know what that means. And maybe there's nothing to read into it. But there's he's something about being soft on him. But that and that's what it is. I mean, I, there's something that Izzo is or is not doing this year that is allowing this team to skate. And he can be upset and he can be frustrated. But I wasn't kidding when I said he needs to physically hurt them. It is apparent now, we're going to get to this, it's, a phys- it's apparent that in the NCAA, and particularly in the Big Ten, in the you, Big Ten can, in particular. Yep. you can assault people and it is not going to cost you much. So why isn't he physically hurting the players at practice? I want an answer. Yeah. These are the questions that no one is asking, and I appreciate you bringing them up. Well, I just not, not, I mean, I don't know what your takes are on him not allowing his players in front of the media. They should have been brought in front of the media and they need, I mean, Graham Couch can't do it, but someone needs to ask them questions like, why do you hate the tens, hundreds of thousands of alumni of Michigan State University alumni? Why do you hate them? Why do you hate your parents? Why do you hate God? Just say Alex Plum. Why do you hate Alex Plum, Tom? Why did you do this to Alex? There it is. Uh, Greg, do you have any thoughts on him not making folks available? I would very much like to know why this was the game. Yes. Yeah. I, I think many people in the media were comparing notes. You know, when was the last time that this happened? And they went back, you know, they, they phoned up the Joe Rex road, you know, they found him at a honky tonk, uh, <laughs> down next to the, te- the Tennessean. And he was like, I don't, I don't remember that. So like, this goes way back. Can you ask a player, do you guys care? I mean, that's that after this game, isn't that the fair question? I'm sure Izzo asked them. Can't any sports come here? You guys don't even look like you care. Do you care? Well, we found out a few days later, Tyson Walker did care. Um, <laughs> not that it, not that it affected the outcome of that game. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. 
I mean, I, 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 I'm with Greg. I'm very curious what it was about this game. I mean, what Tom Izzo has made his players be available for, not the least of which is somehow making Cassius Winston be responsible for answering for Larry Nasser. Yes! Like, that, that Miles Bridges is about like a $25 dinner or Miles whatever. Bridges, as soon as his name came out in the media thing, was like, bro, if you're putting someone in front of media for that, at that like, time. Like, what was it about What this was it game? about this Penn State game? It makes me think almost that it was, maybe it was like a logistical issue of like Tom had lost his shoes after he took him off when he could've came been. into yeah. Well, they were turning the lights off, so it could, yeah. be, it could have been. So they, mean, they had to really get out of there pretty quick. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I wonder if it was like a you all need to sit here and talk amongst yourselves, like because there's not answers you need to give to them. There's answers you need to give to yourself. I was very much expecting to hear something, something players only meeting something, something at you know the the following day, and that that didn't happen as far as I'm aware. Yeah. That no, might no, get plumb to your question of like, does anyone care? Actually, it's weird that no one really asked about that. Um, this I is a team that hasn't really done a players meeting in a while. I remember during the Kalen Lucas years, it was like, hey, there's a players only meeting every other week. Yeah. But I haven't well, heard but, about this in a while. <clears throat> but let's talk about that, though, because this is a thing that we're pointing to again and again is there's zero leadership. And we can talk about who some of the on-court leadership might be. And you pretty talked about Hogart, I think, and I don't know if I fully agree with that. But the, the people that should be, particularly Gabe Brown, have phenomenally failed in any respect to actually coalesce or be coalesced around, to offer a narrative, to, to, for accountability, none of it. And I, I, yeah, but you can tell. You well, can let's, tell. Gabe's that's, narrative is let's brick threes together. Oh my God. Let's transition because that's a uh, that's an interesting transition point to uh, the Illinois game. Um, where actually uh, the the pregame was called out specifically by the telecast crew as being a little flippant, uh, a little effervescent, maybe. Um, Gabe Brown doing some goofing around side of a circle. Um, I will say. I think it was, was it Jay Williams? I think it was on the call. Jay yeah. Williams is on this call. Uh, I think so. That dude's yeah. soft. Uh, yeah, it was Jay Williams. Uh, Jay Williams can go fuck himself. Uh, I'm allowed to talk shit about uh, the seriousness of this team. Jay Williams is not allowed to say anything. Um, particularly after it came with uh, uh, the all-access piece on Gabe Brown and sort of what went into why he was goofy after you know the loss of his dad and how that was sort of masking some depression. So Jay Williams can shut up. Uh, but uh, that said, this Illinois game to me was, you know, it's interesting. I watched the Izzo press conference after the game. I watched the Izzo press conference after practice today. Tom Izzo seemed strangely comfortable with that Illinois loss. And I have never been so angry about a loss before. Yep. So before I say my piece, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Greg, you had an interesting experience watching. So let's start with Greg. We'll move to Plum, and then maybe I'll, I'll say whatever I don't think Scott said. Well, the, the best thing that could have happened in this game is if Will Teeman had um, succumbed to his COVID over <laughs> halftime and Matt Stiginga could have come back in the second half and actually told us what was happening in this game. 
I was, there were several of us listening together and it got to the point where I was doing a tally of the differential when things were getting a little tight at the end of the game, because that was that information that was offered to us in any way. We had to be like, what happened? Who did this? We were like, after something took place, we were like deconstructing the whole thing to figure out what was actually happening in this game. Um, and, uh, it was truly awful. So I have a vague idea of what happened in this Illinois game. Uh, I saw it in my mind's eye, the theater of my mind where I filled in all the holes like Jurassic Park, where I put my, you know, dino DNA um, into this thing. But it it seemed to me all I got was Tyson Walker uh, remembered that um, he's capable of uh, attempting three point shots and then hit them in an even greater clip than he's been doing all season um, to the tune of 26 points, something like that, something in there. Yep. Um, and actually made a game that was far out of hand with 10 minutes to go worth listening to with five minutes to go. Uh, but for you guys that actually get to experience the game as it truly was, what, what did I miss? What went on here? Uh, no one can score. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm obviously not, I don't even know Tyson Walker. When I say no one, I mean, Max and Gabe, old babe. Max Christie, uh, 0 for 2 from 0 3. 0 for from 3. Uh, he had 6 points in this game. Um, Gabe Brown, inexplicably worse. You know, I... I 1 for 5, you, Gabe Brown. You, you have to be able... Excuse me. You have to be able to score. Malik Hall, no points. I don't know when he went out. I mean, he had 16 minutes. He should be able to do something in 16 minutes. I know he got hurt, but... It's, it is, it's the ineptitude. It is, it, it's the utter ineptitude. And by the way, Tyson had a, had a bang up night. I think he had 10 points in the first half. Is that, maybe that sounds right. Maybe it wasn't quite uh, to 10, but uh, he had the bulk of his points in the second. Yeah. In the yeah. second half. It, I mean, the, the vast majority, I mean, he rallied the 16 point deficit. You know, he closed, we were within two a couple of times and that's, you know, that, that eats up a shit ton of them, but, but nothing in the first half, you know, and, and this is what I mean. Like, yeah, you love a guy. To he, had two, fire he, had two, he had two points in the first half. That's all it was? 24 points in the second half. Yeah, he had two shots in the first half. So One it's, for two. you know, that's that's the point. You know, it, it's this, the utter inconsistency with shooting. I don't know how many times you saw Malik go key up at the three or just inside and then, eh, I'm not going to take it. Try to distribute the ball and then all of a sudden you're within four seconds of the shot clock. Yeah, that, there's a lot of that in a the lot of that. game as well. A but lot it, of passing up good shots to take all mediocre of them. shots. Won't take them, won't take them, won't take them, won't penetrate, won't drive the lane, won't do anything. Any of it. And it, 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 it's just inexplicable. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than it's mental. It is mental. How is it mental? With a team this skilled, how on February whatever the hell, teen, some teenth, is it still this fucking mental? 21st teenth. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think I heard, I think I pieced together that Joey Hauser skipped a few three point shots that he probably should have attempted. It's three for five on the day. I'm not and, upset with uh, Joey. Hauser. He had 11 points. That's a good night for Joey Hauser. Yeah. And, but he could have, he could have had a couple more. It sounded like well, probably, but probably, but like, but let, that's not where I want to put the blame at Malik Hall. No zero points. Bob Gabe five. I mean, Christy Mar- six, Marcus, like, Mar- Marcus Bingham. Three 13 points. minutes. 13 minutes tells you everything you need to know about Marcus Bingham in this game. That, I mean, three points, two boards, three oh, turnovers. Only three turnovers. two. Only two. And by the way, the last 10 minutes, Illinois was shooting like shit. And we still got out-rebounded. 
So let so a, a couple things. I I, I want to get to the team overall, but first, AJ Hogard, thirty three minutes, thirty three minutes out of AJ Hogard, easily the most we've seen out of him. Yeah, fifteen points, eight assists. Now you don't love the three turnovers, but like I, AJ played a great game. That that the one turnover at the end stings a lot. It was a dumb decision, but like. AJ played a great game. Four boards too, a block and a steal. Like a great game. Yep. The the piece of this that makes me so pissed off is that Tyson Walker did what we've been screaming about. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like and and the thing is, I'm not so naive as to think that like he he will shoot this well all the time. That's the problem. Like, we're never going to see this again for the rest of the season. But if he took 12 attempts, then I would be, I'd be thrilled. And I would say, I would go so far as to say he passed up plenty of three-point opportunities in the first half. What's crazy to me, though, is in the post game, Tom Izzo and, and Tyson Walker were suggesting that those looks won't be there against other teams. And I know, I know Tyson Walker knows a lot more about basketball than I do. And I know Tom Izzo knows a lot more basketball uh, than the collective of anybody who listens to this pod ever. Don't say that. But that said, Tom Izzo is full of shit because we've watched Tyson Walker pass up looks all season long. Yep. Like, People go under on screens on him all the time. And he has open looks. Like, Tyson. Like, it, 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 the fact that he rallied us back to make it even a competitive game when we didn't have any business being in there. Like, it's, dude, I mean, what, is, what does this team look like if Tyson was putting that kind of output in Every game. Yeah. I mean, how many losses does this team have? Well, we could say that about a lot of guys. They get that have nights. No, like, but, but Tyson Walker is the only one we've been talking consistently about getting more volume out of. Sure. That's fair. I mean, he's the only one who's had consistently open looks that he just passes up. Yes. He has been doing that. Uh, It's not like other people where you say, I want more minutes out of Malik or, you know, it, it is. Tyson has the minutes, he has the looks, and he doesn't take the shot. And this, this was as near as I can remember. I mean, this, I, I don't, it's not, I'm not saying it's a player comp, but in the way that Cassius Winston would take over a game when it needed to happen, this was as near as I felt to that since Cassius Winston left. Aaron Henry couldn't even do that. Um, well, there have been there have been games. Gabe's taken over a couple games. Malik's taken over a couple games. So, but let me it, let me not, drive this. I know what you mean, though. Let me let this me. Was, this was different. Let me drive this. A I bit. wouldn't know. I didn't really get to experience the game in spite of it. You know, team dedicating time to, to yeah. listening to it. Continue. I mean, was, Sorry, you, yeah, you made some choices, and that, you're gonna have to live with those. Um, when, on on whether he learned anything about Tyson Walker in this game. Izzo replied to the question first saying, yeah, I know we can shoot the ball, but we didn't compete in the first half. 
I didn't think we moved the ball very well. It's a shame. There's nobody on this team that works harder than Max and Gabe. On a question about Tyson Walker having the game of his life, Izzo defends Gabe Brown and Max Christie, who have been butt-fucking the game of basketball in East Lansing and around the Big Ten for the last two months. Tell me again how you are coming to defend them. And this sort of like, they know how to shoot. Wide open. Ball's just not going in. Dems the brakes. Huh? Ah! <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I, well, I'm, I'm at a loss. And this is my point. If they need that level of coddling, that you have to go face the press and take all the pressure off of them because they're either so soft that they can't deal with it, mm. or you are so dis- like disconnected from reality that this is literally what you think. Both of those do not spell success for this team. They certainly don't spell deep runs in March. We are in trouble. And obviously yeah. we're in trouble. But yeah, this- that response was nuts. I've been trying to say this. This team is headed in in the very wrong direction, and it's it's not like this is normal. This happens in, in, with MSU teams in February stuff. This is like this team is regressing right now. Well, so we've we've had the question about whose team this is, and I don't think it's I don't think that 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 question is useful for a. I don't know that it matters like who gets the late late clock shot. Mm-hmm. I I long believe there's enough dudes on this team who can shoot that it does not matter. You'll find it whoever's got the hot hand that game, like whatever. But whose team is this from a existential standpoint? I think is a really interesting question. Well, but because there's... because it, here, here's here's the thing. This team I'm going to say something unkind, but this team plays like it's Gabe Brown's team. Mm. There you go. We've, and that was meant to be a slight to Gabe Brown. We because have, it that's is. what you were saying. It is. We have, we have joked in the past about Gabe Brown being on a milk carton because he goes missing. We've, we've talked about the limitations <laughs> of his game of like just camping out in a corner and not doing anything. And that's what you see out of this team. Yeah. This team will just disappear. This team doesn't move. Like, I mean, literally, the effort off of a pick is not strong enough. Like, people are not hustling enough. And so, I, it, I don't know, you know, I, I will say this about A.J. Hogard. He is the one consistent person who will get after other players, and he is the only person this year who I have seen slap the floor. And for all the stats about like whether the slap floor, floor slapping re- leads to a bucket, it says something about what you value and how you communicate those values. And and yeah. so yeah, Gabe I, has I'm none just, of that. Gabe has none this, of that. But this is a leadership deficit that we have, and it's and it's too late to be corrected. If on February, and I just said this, but if if this late in February we're asking whose team this is, it cannot be reconciled. It cannot be reconciled 
Your observation, by the way, is the right one. The answer mm-hmm. all along is this is Gabe Brown's team. And this is absolutely an indictment on him, on Izzo, and on the entire team for not recognizing whose team it was earlier and doing anything to either change it or have them live into some truth that could resemble success on the court. But they had their opportunities. I mean, after last week or the week before, whatever, however time works now, Penn State had to be, it had to be a win. And it had to be a convincing win. It had to be a convincing win that would take us into Illinois and would say that this is a thing. And having lost both of them and having them lo- having lost them so convincingly, frankly, it doesn't matter to me what happens next. It just doesn't matter what happens next. We could win them. We can lose them. I don't care. I'm not excited about what merges because I don't have any hope in it because we're not going anywhere. I will, I will, I will disagree with you there and say that if you told me this team could string together five wins, I wouldn't be shocked by that. I like I, that's, I would that's, be at this I point. I am shocked. I will be Michigan State historically. No, hundred percent. That's Michigan State teams do that. If this team does it, if I'm chi- if I'm going to say game. something. If I'm going to say something unkind about Gabe Brown, then I'm going to also leave open the possibility that something changes. Sure. But, but you know, yeah, I mean, right now, no, I don't believe that. But I, there, was, there was something in that Illinois game that suggested maybe, maybe they can turn a corner. But, you know, there is, they've, they've given me zero reason to have hope for any of it. And that's and so I'm with you on the the no hope. Yeah. All, All right. right. Any final thoughts before we move well, along? Well, this might belong more in the preview section, but we're talking about it already. How many more weeks are we going to be talking about? Uh, Tom Izzo has the ability to surpass Bob Knight. In <laughs> well, considering it ain't going to fucking happen, who cares? Yeah. Can we leave that on the just chisel that into the outline for the next like month, basically? Uh, I mean. It doesn't I, look good. He hasn't Tom. tied him. He hasn't even tied him yet. Yeah. Right? He's two games no, back. He, in the he's been, he, no, he's one away. The, he ties him with a win. Yeah, that's what I mean. Two from the win from all time yeah. big time leader. Uh, We've been talking about this for a minute. I think we'll continue to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you hope that maybe he can. Uh, you can tie in Iowa, but we'll see. Um, so a uh, couple other green wall notes that are uh, exciting because I was given some feedback that they uh, it's enjoyed when we mention other sports. And this needs to be, this first one on here needs to be mentioned. This is like water polo, our favorite of the club sports at Michigan state university. Uh, Ashley Miller pitches a perfect game for the first time in program history. This is softball. Yes. They're already playing in February. Oh Yeah. yeah, man. It's gross. I don't understand how, and I don't understand how you could possibly recruit up here. Well, they I go think. south, right? For, yes, with this time, yes, they're just they on do. the road. But uh, yeah, that, that that's why the SEC has such an advantage because when they decide to play these games, it's like impossible to be a northern team, essentially. Yeah, but which is why way, it is impressive when Indiana or Michigan, whatever, goes to the college ah, you know, World softball Series. World Series. Cool. Or just uh, or baseball World Series. Well, great for it, Ashley Miller celebrating yeah. her. Yeah, in, incredible accomplishment. I mean, a perfect yeah. game is. Yeah. In, I mean, the mental fortitude and obviously the physical skill to get there is is yep. is quite something. So. Yep. Um, and then also our gymnastics team is top ten in the nation, uh, and that is pretty exciting. So wow. Good you things know, happen at Michigan State. 
program's been through a lot, so great for them. Mm-hmm. Exciting to see it. Uh, continue to lead on the mat, pole beam, bim, gym, gym beam, bars, bars uneven at bars. The bar. at, the on, bar. at the bar. At we the should bar. also Yikes. mention at this time, there are discussions going on in swimming, whether that there might be are. coming back. There uh, are. We'll discuss that when there's anything concrete, but there are. Oh, we should speculate wildly. I heard, I heard that IM Center was supposed to be demolished, but that all of the swimming and diving team created a human chain. I was going to say around the building, but that doesn't really work. Very and, impressive. And preserved it. And that is what inspired four of the living ex-presidents to convene an emergency meeting of the board to get the team funded. So including I, what's his face? Inclu- including Joel Ferguson's father, Bill. Oh God. Bill, old Bill Ferguson. Old Bill Ferguson. Interim president. That's son of a gun. Tickety three. So that's it. That's, that's how it happened. And it's going to happen because we said it would. Uh, well, uh, I I love the idea of the the human chain the human speedo chain is what they're calling it. In that's the what they're calling it. Yes, that's what they're calling uh, it. Peter McPherson our... wore a speedo too. <laughs> in solidarity. In solidarity. Uh, and uh, who, Angler. Angler. And John speedo. Angler was there. Big. He big was, John Angler. He was wearing yeah. a speedo. You couldn't tell. You couldn't tell. The front hang of the gut really, really kept the the purity for the women and children present. But we're told that there was a speedo underneath there. There was a penis and it was covered. That's that's what we know. All right, let's. That was a disaster. I know. Keep it in. Keep it in. Keep it in. You're gonna take some other shit out, but you'll keep that one in. Yeah, boy. I'm not. Uh, speaking of disasters, should we go off Grand River? Let's go down the highway. This is a subject I don't think we need to spend time introducing, but I. (laughs) I do think let's spend some time on this. Hold on. Well, let me, let me, can I introduce Savor it this it. way? Can I introduce it this way? Who had the bigger disaster this week? Michigan State basketball or Jawan Howard? Jawan Howard by a mile. All right. Yes. That says something this, right there, folks. He's not going anywhere, as we know now, as a uh, well, coach. We don't, need to, we don't need to set it up, but long story short, if in case anyone missed it. Oh, boy. Uh, the, the real quick recap is that, uh, Wisconsin was blowing out Michigan at the Cole center. Uh, Michigan decided to press the, uh, the walk-ons, uh, as they were attempting to inbound the ball. They were not going to cross half court within 10 seconds. So Greg guard calls a timeout. Uh, and, uh, Juwan Howard took exception to that. And then during the handshake line, uh, a confrontation ensued that ultimately resulted in Juwan Howard being the first person to throw a punch. Yeah. Uh, and a melee. And then through. critically, his team started throwing punches after that as well. Now we know that the Big Ten, right, as of Monday the, evening. The Big Ten and Michigan, because the Big Ten can only suspend for two games. So th- this is official from the University of Michigan as well. I'm just it's getting a, home, so yeah. I have Five games. Yep. Five games. End of the regular season. Um, and an amount of money that does not matter to Jawan Howard in any way. Yes. The um, dumbest amount of money that I've ever seen. I will uh, point out 
that we made reference to the pattern of behavior of one Jawan Howard last week. <laughs> we talked about this because yeah. it is truly a pattern of behavior where this is the most severe case that we've seen to date. But this is this is not this is not coming out of nowhere. No, I, I mean, so you have it started with and we all laughed about it at the time. But him running onto the court while Cassius Winston was on a fast break. Mm -hmm. Step one. Step two is uh, uh, running over to Mark Turgeon's huddle and apparently saying, I'm going to effing kill you. Uh, So there's that. Um, There's at the Rutgers handshake line recently, uh, Musa Diabate had to be restrained um, from assaulting other players. Um, Juwan Howard also on the court picks the ball up against Iowa. Question mark. Uh, kicked ball, kicked ball goes into the back court. He is now three, four paces onto the court. Picks to, it up to pick it up. Um, this one doesn't matter other than just to be like, what are you doing? Well, but a lot of what are you doing? Uh, that you, when you have, when you have, when, when people are saying, there. What are you doing every game? There's a question. Are you disconnected from reality? Or are you just not here? Are you not physically present here? Are you not paying attention? You know, oh, he was he was paying attention. He was there uh, in this most recent game. No, um, but but mentally, I mean, because if you're not mentally present and you're not, of course, you're going to start mouthing off because you think someone hurt your feelings. If you're so entitled, so arrogant as to think that everything revolves on you, that of course, you're just going to come onto the court. And now, the Alex. This is a man. He's You're from right. Chicago. Right. You couldn't possibly understand okay. his lived experience You're right. from 30 years ago and before yes. he made millions and millions of dollars. Like, I, I under, on one hand, I understand this argument. I get it. it. I also probably don't, I certainly don't understand his experience growing up in Chicago. On the other hand, are we not expected to grow or progress in any way over the course of 30 years? Are we not expected to understand, um, you know, decorum and behaviors and those types of things in certain situations? I, this is without precedent. I have never seen a coach strike another coach before. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's any, um, I don't know that you need to talk about decorum or growth or precedent. Like, the, the, that is the basis it, of all of the. Why can't it just be universal going, truth that you shouldn't strike a colleague? Yeah. Why can't that be the truth? But it, but the reason that I I bring this up is that it's the basis of all the defenses of Jawan Howard. It's either yeah. that or something. Something Greg Gard put put hands on. Put hands on is a great little term because then it can be applied to any situation. And Correct. It, it takes a broad. Uh, all of the different degrees of human behavior and just like, oh, it's all put hands on. Guard put hands on. Well, let's, Juwan let's, put hands on. What do you want? We're putting hands on. And let's be fair. Greg Guard absolutely should be suspended. He absolutely I, should be fined. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The, the, you, you can hold the tension. You, you can acknowledge that what he did was wrong. He physically got in his way and he grabbed him. And listen, hold on. I'm, it doesn't allow it. It doesn't even equate to what happened, but it happened. That's true. He did it, and he shouldn't have done it. Juwan or Juwan Howard did not want to talk to him, and and frankly, except for Juwan was talking garbage as he blew and right. I line. know, and you know what? And this pod, 
would have called him out for it. Like anyone should have. We would have said, you're just a fucking crybaby. You're a grown-ass man who's a crybaby. You're petulant and you're a piece of shit. And we'd have been right to say those things and they remain true. But Gredgard passed him and then was like, no, 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 hold on. I'm going to I'm gonna talk to you. Grabs him and shuffles him. You can't do that. That by itself, by itself, merits a suspension and a penalty. What Juwan Howard did was not about Greg Gard. He, if he's angry, yes, he should have he hit, yes. hit Greg Gard in the face yeah. right now. That argument falls apart because he hit a different dude. A different dude who wasn't who was trying to break up the play. And maybe the guy said something, but it's irrelevant because I'm not even sure Juwan Howard was even looking at the guy, but he's the one that took it. It is, if this is what a Michigan man is, then close down the university. They're not even, they're not even, they don't even, they shouldn't even be considered a rival. We shouldn't yeah. even be talking about them. This is a continuation of pattern uh, of behavior from that university that would not be, they would not accept it anywhere else. Anywhere else. Can you imagine? And we, we have become more and more comfortable in calling out the media in the way that it's covering these types of things. Can you imagine if, if Tom Izzo hit a, a member of the Michigan coaching staff in this way? It would be on the front page of the free press. There would yes. be calls for Tom Izzo to be fired immediately. Yes. yes. There is. There is this, it would be a completely unacceptable to anyone at the University of Michigan if it happened to their team. This is to be, and to put a finer point on it, I cannot define for you a career field or an employment setting where physically striking someone would not result in your dismissal that day for cause. This uh, this would be if Michigan had any reason to want to get rid of Juwan Howard, he'd be gone off of this, and they would have released a statement citing you know the terms of the handbook at the University of Michigan about violence in the workplace. They would be if they were trying to get out of that contract, they would be citing this as the reason for dismissal for cause. This is this is so far in in the deep end of behavior that it gets you fired if you if they have any reason to fire you. Um, I have to, to say that a five game suspension is no, no, is unbelievable, unbelievable, so weak. Mary Sue Coleman now has cause to fire Ward Manuel for gross incompetence and negligence on the job. And we've seen under his tenure how he's handled, and I should say mishandled every athletics related tragedy, particularly around the Dr. Anderson bullshit. All of that wasn't bullshit would happen, but I just mean the, the tragedy of that yeah. for the survivors of it. Having to go through that is bullshit for them. That, Ward Man, and now this, Ward Manuel has lost, and then how he's handled Harbaugh, or I should say how Harbaugh has handled him. My God, how that man can even look in a mirror. Oh, don't worry. Just just talk to Mitch Album about that, it. Oh, oh Jesus, no, I can't. I'm not strong Wait enough. until Mitch has, has, you know, some kind of, you know. Oh, you know. You know. Myth making about this. He's figuring it out. He's in the lab right now. How do I spin this? What's interesting to me is that uh, the the players involved only received a one game suspension. Yeah, that's which, wild. Well, you know, I th- Brennan Quinn said something about that, which I thought was smart, which is that it's probably a reflection of the fact that the adults started it. Yeah, it, it like I mean. You know, it, when I have, a, I have a hard time 
when the person who leads your program and is supposed to be in charge yeah. is the one who throws the first punch. And escalates to, the entire situation. To say that Musa Diabate deserves equal blame. Now, it, it, I mean, granted, again, I would say, dude, you shouldn't hit anybody. Period. Full stop. But if you're if you're evaluating these things, I think I, I do think it's fair to say that that your leader, truly the adult in the room, paid millions of dollars to be the adult in the room. By the you way. know what I don't understand. And there's two things here, and I'm going to make the first one just quickly, and then I'm going to go to the second one, which I think is a better point in soccer. And I and I I did not think this was a soccer <laughs> rule. No, no, I know, but I'm, I don't. I think this was a this was when I refereed. This was an NCAA rule. Any player in any sport ejected for fighting was a minimum two-game suspension. So I don't I, – the rule had to have changed or it doesn't apply to basketball, and either or both of those are possible. But that was an NCAA rule. So do with that what you want. Second, though, when Brad Davison is creating, is creating peace on the basketball court, when he is trying to resolve – Conflict on the basketball court. I think he wanted to go over to where Michigan was. I think Brad Davison, that was just Brad Davison doing. It's because he was like, yo, you idiots. You don't do it out front like this. You just step into a three-point shooter while they're coming down from their shot. This isn't how it's done, guys. When that fucking sociopath is trying to restore order, we're in the upside down. I, I also... The other piece of this that's that's so alarming to me is, I mean, it's not the lapse in judgment so much about, well, it, I mean, it is striking another human being. But where he did it and how ugly that could have gotten. Yeah. To I mean, to do that so near the sidelines at the Cole Center. I mean, thank God those dumb cheeseheads were too obese to do anything. <laughs> to that, make their way down. That, I mean, that really, it, like, joking The aside, cheese curds had solidified in their bodies, and they were unable man, to move their mass at a, at a rate to get down there. That could have been ugly, and you know I'm right. Like, that, yeah. that, that situation so easily could have gone in a very dark place. And I, I just, you know, Tom Izzo got asked about this, and, and I think he, he really tried very hard to dance around it. But he talked a lot about it being sad for the conference. Yeah. It's humiliating. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, I I guess at this point in time, I just sincerely hope that the reason they opted for the five games was so that Juwan Howard would have to come back and coach in the NIT and suffer that humiliation on top of it. Because this, I mean, this was an embarrassment, top to bottom. Uh to go to some of the takes, if you're making excuses for Juwan Howard, you're an idiot. If you're saying something like we shouldn't have these handshake lines at the end oh, of games, yeah. you're missing the point of sports entirely. Like yes. this, that's like one of the few pure elements of the game that still remain. Um, if if you want to, I just this has been so weak by the big 10 by the university of michigan by f- fandom in that corner 
Um, I saw that the MGO blog official write-up of the uh, of the uh, case managed to to include a little Tom Izzo assaults his players every year dig. Um, and yeah. again, that gets that gets back at like using these types of terms to sort of even everything out. It's all putting hands. It's all assault. It's all um, the same thing. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. It wouldn't be acceptable anywhere else. And it's truly, truly embarrassing. Yeah. The second that Tom Izzo strikes a player in the head, come talk to me. I, w- I would have an opinion about that. Yep. I mean, five games, five games, five games, Tom, five games, Tom. We'll see you in a week and a half, buddy. Two, two Uh, weeks, two and a half weeks. Be better. All right. Uh, I love that these players are going to miss the home Rutgers game. Such garbage, such garbage, but great for, but great for Rutgers. Honestly, though, I mean, the way Rutgers has been playing like, oh, but it's, but it's away from the rack. I mean, they beat Wisconsin on the road. Okay. So well, other other teams be doing that too. So, uh, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was indeed a long time ago. Uh, do we have anything else off Grand River, or are we going to head to previews? No, let's just talk about how much longer we're going to be mentioning that Tom Izzo can tie or pass Bob Knight for the all-time Big Ten wins. <laughs> Great. So uh, there are two games this week, uh, one at Iowa Tuesday. Uh, so that's tomorrow. I don't think we have to talk about this a lot because chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, this game has already happened. <laughs> so I would just call out that uh, Iowa's playing all right. And Keegan Murray in particular is having just an incredible season, uh, incredible sophomore year. Um just shooting spectacularly well from two, getting tons of blocks, um, just having himself a season right now. Um, and the Iowa overall is fine. The fine. Who's, who's the player to watch for Michigan State tomorrow? For, for Michigan State, yeah. Roll the dice, Plum. What do you got <laughs> for me? Uh, did it come up? Did it come up? Molly Call? Did it come no. up? Bingham? Did it come up? Tyson Walker twice in a row? That, that's statistically impossible. Uh, I bet uh, – you think Hall's better? I bet Hall's going to be out or not. I don't know. Let me not play it first. Oh, yeah. yeah. We don't know what happened. We, we just heard banged up, I think, is yeah. the word there. Yep. Um, we know it can't be Gabe. Um, maybe Bingham. Yeah, maybe Bingham. Let's say Bingham. The good news is, dear listener, of the five games remaining on the schedule, this is the most losable, I would think, at Iowa. Um, home against Purdue, on the road against a, a rudderless Michigan team, um, and then on the road against Ohio State and home against Maryland. Yeah, so th- it's tough to get excited about this one. Um yeah. But this is, you know, maybe Fran will get crazy and throw a punch too. Maybe that's just in vogue now. And that'll yeah. be exciting and fun to watch. Yeah. Um, anything else that we want to say about Iowa other than, you know, they're higher than MSU on Ken Palm and Keegan Murray's having a, a great year. And nope. Bohannon, that's Bohannon. it. No, 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 no. I mean, they're a terrible free throw shooting team, Plum. So maybe they will lose. Hey, 
Stranger uh, things have happened. About the uh, the Illinois game is that Kofi goes like bonkers from the line for Kofi. Yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah. Um. So Purdue, this is the one game against Purdue. Uh, Saturday, uh, nooner. Uh, I believe tickets are pretty cheap to this one. And having been recently to Breslin Center, let me tell you, dear listener, they're good people there. The COVID situation I was comfortable with. And concessions are opening up. So if you want to get yourself a uh, ice cream sandwich, this is Tur- your opportunity. Turkey wing. Um, anything that we want to say about Purdue, guys? I mean, they're, they're what, 13 Ken Palm right now? Um, yeah. with an offense that is just sort of off the charts. Yeah. Uh, and they, in the way that MSU is sort of uh, falling off right now, um, other than one really terrible game against Michigan recently, uh, they are not really falling off. You know, they had a great game against Northwestern, great game against Rutgers, who was meme material last week. Um, they're, they're playing really well. They beat Illinois, obviously. So, uh, I mean, this is a, it's a home game, um, but they're, they've got a number of guys that are clicking and they're clicking hard on offense right now. Yeah. If there's a, if there's a place that Breslin needs to show up and show up in a big way, it's Hmm. this game for sure. Um, But I I think this is a, I mean, the problem the problem that Purdue's going to present more than anything else, I think, is Zach Eady and uh, Trevion Williams. Uh, they're two big men. I mean, they, they platoon two big men seamlessly in and out. And the way Bingham's been playing lately, he's, he's going to need to be way more physical than he has been. Um, and so that's going to be the test here. Because I, I've been a little bit hard on, on Marble about his defense. But it has been improving over the last few games. So uh, you you look for some some touch from him in this game, I think, particularly against Travion Williams. So that's my two cents on Purdue. All right. Anything else? Uh, what do you guys think in this? Two losses, two wins, win loss. What do you oh, think? did you did you happen to mention? Uh, I had to step away for a second. Did you happen to mention that uh, what's the Neanderthal is having his jersey retired? No. I did not uh, mention that. Uh, what's his face? He, he's with the Pistons now. He was there last year. Um, Luca Garza. 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 Yeah. Really? Already? Yeah, man. Talk about a program without standards. Like, I was oh. such a joke. And, and the crazy thing is they're finally retiring Roy Marble's jersey, like, after what, 15, 16, 17 years. What like, a bummer for them that they, at the beginning of the year, they were so hype and they were like, let's make it the MSU game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And now uh didn't need to do that. Didn't need to use the jersey retirement on this game, my guys. <laughs> also, they weren't that important either. So, I mean, both kind of a dud. Uh yeah, so I was gonna be probably a bit rowdy. Um look for the mental fortitude, but um we don't have yeah. any. Yeah. I will say MSU likes to spoil these types of nights. Uh we did it for most of the baby boilers. We did it for someone at Ohio State, I seem to recall as well. My um, latest recollection is being spoiled for Draymond. So that was unfortunate. That wasn't was fun. Was it spoiled by Purdue? Duke. Duke. That's right. That's right. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Twitter, Twitter questions. 
Reminder, everyone, if you want to engage in the Twitter questions, you can uh, either email us at can'treadcan'twrite1855 at gmail.com or on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. When was the last time we got an email? Twitter question. Not recently enough. And honestly, I wish more people would do it. Hmm. Bring us those big questions, you know, go segment fishing there. That's what I mean, <laughs> sometimes we don't even do Twitter questions. So really, you guys so, are pressing your luck by not throwing the questions in. Or more accurately, one time we didn't do Twitter questions. <laughs> All right, Jonesy, kick us off. All right, this one's for Plum. It's from Nate C. Hello, <laughs> my name is Nate, and I have a problem. It's been one whole day since I last thought about drinking bleach. <laughs> I managed to dump all the bleach down the drain, so that's good. My that's wife good. is speaking to me again as well, which is nice. The local cops all know me by my first name now as well. They've also figured out that after they tackle me, if they stroke my head and say, fuck Michigan over and over, <laughs> I settle down pretty quickly. I mean, Plum, this seems to resonate. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, hi, Nate. Um, thank you for your honesty. Uh, I think we affirm you and... Uh, we appreciate your truth. We appreciate your truth. We acknowledge it. We share our own um, realities with respect to, I don't know, I guess understanding that life is fleeting. And um, <laughs> when a, a Michigan State fan, sometimes it feels invaluable. <laughs> um, but your life is valuable. It's invalu- It's valuable to me. And it's valuable to those police officers who you are helping them, you know, earn their money and, and have a, 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 contribute well. And hopefully not um, kill young people of color. But that's neither here <laughs> nor there. What is here and what is there is you. And, um, you know, I would encourage you to just stop watching. It's not good for your heart. It's not good for your wife's heart. And uh, no good can come of it. Or the whites in the laundry, you know. They had to get mm. rid of all that bleach. Uh, all right. Next up, John Ellaby asks... <laughs> Retroactive, <laughs> retroactive. What happens first? Howard gets fired, or U of M takes down the bow statue? Well, this is a neither situation, isn't it, gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Hell no, freezes uh, over. Is that where we're at? Not far. I mean, I, if, if you were taking bets, I would have to say Howard gets fired. Yeah, that that happens before they take down the bow statue. They clearly have so obviously moved on from that. I think it's more likely to put up a Howard statue right next to Bo. You know, Shaking going hands. at him. Shaking hands. <laughs> Is Juwan mid mask pull down? I'll remember that. Uh, next up from listener Mike Jones. Uh, should Juwan be fired? How many game suspension? What would Plum's letter to the league look like? I, I will go on record saying that if Tom Izzo ever stroke, struck another coach, I, I think he should be fired. I, I will go on record saying that I think that's a fireable offense and he mm-hmm. should be fired. I don't care what he's done. That is like, that brings your university into such disrepute that uh, he should be fired. Yeah. And so. in terms of game suspension, he should be done for the year, regular season, postseason. That's it. Like at the very I, least, I just don't understand how that's possibly acceptable. Yeah. Players getting into a fight like I, wrong, but more palatable than a coach starting a fight. Yep. Uh, That's that. I mean, truly that gets lost in all of this. Is he so escalated a situation that his players then started? I mean, that defeats the entire purpose of like something, something leaders of, of men, something, something 
you know, garbage. Um, next up from listener Mike Jones, uh, is the offense broken? Should Izzo hire an OC for the hoops team? It feels like without extremely high level talent and execution, everyone knows what's coming. It's been the same stuff for 20 plus years. I will say I appreciate listener Mike Jones here. Um, very knowledgeable uh, guest. I do think that Izzo has modernized the offense to a degree, but I also understand, yes, this is a team that gets stale. It needs a transcendent point guard to operate in the half court. We kind of don't have one of those right now. And uh, I wish we talked about this at the time. This is not inconsistent. I wish Izzo had not gone with old retreads for the coaching hires this summer and had brought someone with some new ideas that can inject some new life into this program rather than guys that he's comfortable with. And frankly are probably yes, man. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just, the only pushback I'd give is that, I, I mean, you carved out the niche. You, you made a defensible point about the transcendent point guard, but you know, 1920, we won't ever know, but could have been the final four team. Mm-hmm. Uh, won the Big Ten that year, won the Big Ten the two years prior to that. Um, what, 14-15 went to a, a Final Four? Like, they're, over the last, over the teens, anyway, up until, you know, 1920, like, there were either Final Four caliber teams, I'd, I'd put the Tillman Cassius team as a Final Four caliber team. They went and, to the Final Four, in fact. I meant the 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 one that we the, didn't get to see. Yes, the COVID year. Mm-hmm. So yes, but yes, that that's my point is that like it's hard for me to totally buy into that when it, it, I just I don't know that we're there. Like I I well that I don't that I don't previous, agree with you. Greg, that previous either. Final Four trip had Denzel Valentine on it, who was operating in a way that was transcendent in terms of running yeah, the no, offense. You, you, you carved out a, a, a defensible position on it. I'm just saying from the, like, does the offense work or not? Like, I don't think that's the point mm-hmm. that, that you can, if you want to get on him about not recruiting adequate point guards, I mean, you don't need to look farther than the decision to take foster lawyer. I mean, like that's where this all falls apart. Really? So Keon Coleman just needs some more time. That's a real problem. Uh, yeah, next up, get from listener Mike Jones. I think listener Mike Jones likes that. Uh, would, would like that comment. Uh, can someone tell me who number two was? I think my program said Weissen talker. Never heard of him. He's a stud though. Uh, will he be here for more than a game? <laughs> Something tells me no, and I'm going to be pissed. Yep. Again. Yep. That would be how this season is going. We're not going to see this Weiss and Talker again for the rest ever, of the year. Ever again. Uh, but Weiss and Talker next year? Sign me up. Speaking of, of guys uh, showing up, AJ Hogard, final uh, question here from uh, listener Mike Jones. AJ Hogard was not ejected from either game this week, and we went 0 2. Coincidence? I think not. What should AJ do to get ejected from the game Tuesday versus Iowa? Citing, I'd prefer him to bitch slap Fran McCaffrey. What say you? 
uh, I personally think he should urinate on the Luca Garza jersey as it's being raised. as it's being raised. He should he should scurry up into the rafters and and just piss pill down on them down. Yeah, I think he should as it's being Luca raised. And the then truth urinate is, on Luca's leg, and Luca will turn and say, "Hey, AJ, what are you doing?" And he'll say, "Just taking a leak, man. I'm pissing on your leg." <laughs> One of the things we didn't consider in our off uh, Grand River segment was what if Juwan had actually hit Greg Gard? Do you think that, like coach to coach, that would have resulted in his termination? Was it because it was just no. a, a lowly assistant? It would have been the exact same thing. You think so? I don't know. Matter. I mean, after Greg Gard, I think we can probably agree, has the most punchable face of anybody in the Big Ten. Fran. But Fran. Fran has got to be pretty close. I mean, Fran. but I just mean Greg Gard is such a small, aw- awkwardly. Fran Underwood actually has. Yeah, you're right. No one likes that guy I... either. There's a couple of them. But Fran is particularly detestable with his loafers and generally size two big blazers. How angry he gets. Like the redness quotient on him is. It's the posture for me. It's the slouching and the loafers. I, it's just. And the square glasses. No, Fran. No, no. All right. Next question from longtime guest, special listener guest. Oh, no I, time host. listener guests. Do listener guests make it okay. on the logo? Well, when they're when they're when they're just listeners, I guess, you know, and you don't really know if they're coming in hot on the mic. This question is for Kevin Grooch such an idiot. from Alex Plum, mm. the one and only. The invaluable. When was the last time Tom Izzo struck another coach? Well, Alex, um, you know, Tom we Izzo commits practice. assault so often yeah. that I assume, truly, another coach must have been struck at some point over the years. Mm-hmm. And that green spin machine just buried it. Always assaulting. Assaulting yeah. all the time, every yeah. year. Yep. Never not assaulting. Correct. Tom Mizzo. Assaulting. Some people say always be closing. We say always be assaulting. Yep. That's mm-hmm. uh that's the Tom Mizzo way. Mm-hmm. Next up from E-Man Center, uh Plum, does Gabe Brown put uh the Ipsy in Ipsilanti? People it's are asking. the Yips. The, the Yips. Yips. The Yips. Oh, the Yips and Ypsilanti. Um that's a good question, E-Man Center. I apologize for getting it wrong. I like this one. Um but I don't care for the pronunciation. Can we? Be I'm going back to Ypsilanti, back to Ypsilanti, where I'm from. If you is haven't heard this song? song, if you haven't heard this song, you need to look it up. There is a song called "Back in Ypsilanti" or "Back to Ypsilanti." I know this because when I would referee the Eastern Michigan women's soccer team when they would win, they would play this song over the loudspeaker. Oh my god! Yes, yes, sad. So sad. So look it up. Look it up. It's on YouTube. You can find it. You I will be disappointed, like, but it is catchy. But I mean, Sitter, I think the answer to the question is, I don't know that this is the yips any longer. Yeah. I think this is Gabe Brown being a uh, near the top of the, the scouting report than he's historically been. And given that he sits in the corner and doesn't move, it's pretty easy to make sure that he's a non-factor. Yep. Brick. Uh, next up from me, man center, how many threes per game does Joey need to hit for plum to forgive his poor defense? I think he had a total of five threes drop while he was guarding. I don't, I, I just, 
I, I have been, and this is the joke, but I have been so consistently anti-Joey Hauser that I can't in good conscience be upset at him any longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at just the last couple of performances, he's hitting in double digits. He's taking the shots we want him to take. His He is actually progressing. Game over game, the guy is getting better. And I don't know why it had to come at the expense of every single one of his fucking teammates, but it has. And this is the, this is what I guess I get for demeaning him as much as I have. Also, uh, Eman Sinner, I think what you're referencing is that Granderson went off against us, uh, in the Illinois game. And by all accounts, that was a decision the staff made to have Joey dig down on Kofi, um, which leaves someone open. Like, I mean, there's not Kofi historically a black hole, like he passed out better and Granderson shot way better than he historically has. Like, like, I mean, Granderson is a good shooter, but he shot amazing. And so that's not, that's not on Joey. That was a, 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 the staff put him in that position. Now, if you wanted to say, why did you put the flat footed dude? Uh, as the one who's digging down and has to collapse on someone. Fair question, but that's not on, on Joey. Another fair question um, from me, man center uh, and one that we didn't really get into, but this happened yeah. a lot in the uh, Illinois game in particular. How do we feel about the two point guard lineup? Perhaps with Hogard slashing and Walker shooting, uh, keeping up, we can finally find some offense. There's a lot of ifs doing work there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not the first time that we've seen it this year. We saw about as much of uh, the two point guard lineup as we've seen the Max Christie operating as a point guard, running the offense, operating at a screens lineup. I will say after this last game, the the two guard lineup is a lot more uh, success that can be attributed to it than the Max Christie running out of screens uh, approach. So I would, uh, given the option, I would prefer that. What, who, who else is playing? I assume Christy was also on the floor. So this was like a small ball lineup that was happening outside of covering. Yeah, Kofi. Gabe, Gabe was off for most of it. If I remember correctly, he came out for some. So Gabe hits the bench and then we, they were going to this two guard lineup, this two point guard yeah, lineup with, uh, with Christy and Joey and marble. Okay. Yeah, because Marvel was setting actually really fantastic screens um, on that on a lot of that action that uh, that that let Tyson free up. And that makes sense. That would put Marvel at twenty two minutes, Hauser at twenty two minutes. That's about the full game. It's a little over, so there was some overlap there, but that would make sense for the lineup. Why um, not start Keon Coleman over Max Christie? Is there a downside? What's the downside? I guess I want to know what the downside is. That is. I'll look like a complete idiot if we do that. So. <laughs> Uh, next up from, uh, Scott Nolan, uh, what's the latest offers in acquiring offensive line Jonesy? Uh, so the latest is we just offered Jason Queso Brooks, uh, who's an offensive line transfer from Vanderbilt. Um, I believe he would be the top prospect that's on our board from the transfer portal. Um, now is this Good queso, queso with that good like Mexican cheese that starts with a C that I can't say, or is this like the Velveeta queso? No, he's gonna be on on the Big Ten Network, so that's that's that Velveeta. Got you, mm-hmm. got you. Uh, 
But Scott, he's got it's, that, it's, that, that name, image, and likeness. There it you know, is. Locked. There that it is. Tie in, yeah. Uh, Scott, I though I feel like maybe from the dairy store, like this is an opportunity, right? Get some get some dairy I store know. queso. Does the dairy store dude queso? They should. This is a missed do. opportunity. Don't uh, think so either. Anyway, they tried Scott, to go colder dairy, not warmer dairy. Get ah. the microphone again, Kevin. Yeah, get the my bad. I I was moving my hands around uh, to show the the distribution of heat. <laughs> and Scott, uh, anyway, really it's a great it. question. I, the 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 time that you're going to want to look for this is come after everyone's spring practice, that's going to be the next sort of surge of folks to hit the transfer portal. That said, I don't think the staff is offering offensive line prospects that don't have meaningful snaps at the D one level. Like it, that just, or maybe, maybe you could go down to the D two level, but that would really surprise me. Um, they're not, they're going to want experience that can fight for reps and push people. And, and so they would rather recruit someone out of high school and develop them or have someone who can come in and actually fight for meaningful reps right away. And so uh, Jason Brooks is, is the top prospect now. Look for more after spring practices happen. Kind of Next a related up. question. Oh, uh, yeah. Jonesy, Eric Ozanek wants to know, uh, what is their hope for? I mean, in general. I don't know, Eric. There's Omicron B, apparently. <laughs> uh, we're about ready to see our first uh, foray into cyber warfare. Uh, Hopefully, It ain't cyber, sis. It's just <laughs> warfare. Life is fleeting. I, like, I, I don't know. Uh, Eric, you do you know have a family that you love? Do you like to read a good book? Do you look forward to the longer days? The longer days with sunlight because we're moving towards spring. Look, cherish these things. Hope. Hoping this. Yeah. Next up, first time, Owen. Maybe a hot take, but I think Tyson Walker just told us this is his team. Hey, if he gets another 20 points against Iowa or Purdue, he can have the fucking team. Hell if yeah. I care. <laughs> also, bro, Owen, if this, if this ends up being true, we'll change the name of the podcast to Owen Reed, Owen Wright. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Until uh, then, though, it's staying illiteracy. Uh, next oh, up from true. Dave the Barbarian. Uh, also, first time, first time. Appreciate you guys. Uh, frustrating raw loss, and then in parentheses, if only we could play well in the first half of seemingly any game. But assuming that today's second half MSU shows up the rest of the season, I think we can still go four and one. Thirteen and seven gives us a shot at the double bye in the Big Ten. My optimistic take. Uh, but also uh, down bad. I mean, this is yeah, for we're Jones. All, we're all a little down bad right now. Like I mean, that. Jones is the only one that thought we might have some hope. I think we're going to lose all five. I hope we lose all five. No, Dave, look, here's the thing. We've all seen what this team can do. The problem is they don't fucking do it. <laughs> like, Well, they don't want so to. So I don't, you know, I'm... I think Plum. I think I said this to you in the immediate aftermath because Greg was often the Great White North. Okay. I don't know. I don't know whether I should be jealous that you guys like had a moment without me, or I don't know if that I should be glad that he put in there because I wasn't available. It fell to you to have this conversation. I don't know what this energy is. I don't know what to do with this. 
ruined my train of thought. Yeah, it's entirely. little dick energy anyway, I can tell you that. <laughs> but the... Then the, I should the, be right home. That should be a problem. The, the piece of all of this that's so frustrating is that we've all we've all seen what they're capable of. And I I enjoyed this is what it was that I said to Plum, is that I enjoyed watching last year's team be just terrible. Like yeah. they were bad. But they were fun. But but they they tried hard. Yes. This team clearly has talent and 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 that's that's the component of this that i'm not used to seeing out of a tom Izzo team and it what's so infuriating so uh dave i'm with you down bad but uh i mean if you told me this team turned it around i'm i'm on record as saying not gonna be entirely surprised oh plum's bringing the liquor out i love that maybe i should uh when we get the next one i should get the the fireball out yeah why not I mean, listen, uh, what well, do we have to live for? This is perfect because the key ski just asks, but why? Well, let me, you've got this I'm going to get fireball. Yeah, let me just have a little pull of this uh, old uh, straight bourbon whiskey. This is called Few, Few Spirits, and it is from, uh, I think, Chicago. Uh, it was a gift from my brother for standing on his wedding. It's mighty good, and it's going to make me mighty mean, which I don't need any help on. Keith. Let me, hold on, let me just take a pull here. Let's just take a pull. Let's, mm-hmm. just, let's let the whiskey do the talking. Let's let the whiskey do the talking. That's good. That's a good drink. Listen, terrible, terrible podcast content. Um, Keith, the why is because they don't care. This team doesn't care. I, I, I don't know if that's popular or not. This team doesn't care. You know this team doesn't care. It doesn't give a fuck. Izzo doesn't care. Izzo doesn't give a fuck. He gets up there in this press conference after the loss of Illinois, and he can't. Frazier is the best goddamn player in the Big Ten. Oh my God, Frazier! Holy shit! You plays offense, he plays defense, he plays both side of the ball. He talked more about Frazier than he did a single goddamn player on his team. Izzo doesn't give a fuck about this team. He's having so much fun coaching, he couldn't care less about how he does in terms of his reputation, surpassing Bobby Knight, which will not happen this season, or anything else. And the players, <laughs> and the players, don't give a fuck. And you know this because they're not consistent. They can't show up game after game. They aren't there week after week. They are regressing beyond the mean. Statistically insignificant. It is impossible how badly this team can do. So that's why. That's the why. And to the point that Ozanich, or however the hell you say it, and everything else, there is nothing to hope for. And that's my biggest point, finally, to Nate C on all this. Just let it go. Stop caring. Stop caring and just... Enjoy the pain and eat at Arby's. I really thought, uh, because I didn't see his post game conference, I thought when you were making the Frazier uh comment, this was going to be a reference to Tom Izzo being like, Frazier's, have you been there? They got the wood paneling. That's how little he cares. God, I remember those days. Ah, oh, you remember those days we used to shout out for Are they still open? I think they I made know. it through. Who I cares? Think, I think they made it through. Um, Next up from uh, Va- from John Hubbard, who uh, unfortunately starts with, uh, since this episode is dropping on President's Day, if you were president, <laughs> what would your signature? What would be your signature achievement? What kind of pet would you have, and what would its name be? Uh, what would the and what would be the scandal to bring, bring. shame and ignominy? I never can pronounce that word correctly. Ignominy. On your legacy. I think. Ignominy, ignominy or ignominy. Yeah. Bro, the, John, 
cannot it's got to be ignominy because you'd say ignominious right i was i planned on if i had to read this i was going to say plum it's uh this is one of the couple words that i can never pronounce correctly uh, uh i think it's ignominy colloquial colloquial, colloquial. Is one that i mm-hmm. i rarely mess up well it's, it's ignominious uh, so ignominia right ignom ignom this is great podcasting uh, i'm sorry everybody i'm sorry and really i'm sorry for greg who isn't even going to answer the question listen let me say this john hubbard uh, this isn't dropping on President's Day, so we're not answering the question. Next up, vodka soda <laughs> nineteen. Also, no, in this spirit. No, to be fair, I, I do. I do want to address the last part. The scandal right. uh, would be. Uh, I, I would for sure strike the vice president. <laughs> the vice president. <laughs> oh, I would right. bring my pet. It would be Yali. Yali would be the presidential dog. Everyone would give her pets and treats and. And then yeah. your scandal would be that it would be acknowledged that she was named after uh, a language that's not English. That's not English. They would it. cancel me. And also she would somehow be in the Capitol in the rotunda for uh, the uh, whatever. January 6th. January 6th. Exactly. Exactly. So there's a whole thing. There's a whole thing there. All right. Next vodka up, soda 19. Vodka soda yes. 19. This one is for Kevin Grooch. Also in the spirit of President's Day, who would make the better president? Izzo? D'Antonio? Or Tuck Cummins. Just the human embodiment of Tuck Cummins would be the finest president that this universe, that this uh, country, country has ever known. We're all aware that Tom Izzo could never be president. Right? Well, he's, like, he's not tall enough. Well, not, not only that, but the word vomit that comes from that man, like it, it makes Joe Biden blush. Tom Izzo makes Martin Van Buren look tall. You know, that's that's what this comes down to. No. Uh, next up from Vodka Soda 19. Yeah, we were all there for the Van Buren Thank presidency. You. We get Thank it. You. Thank uh, you. I mean, those are is... big, big crowd pleasing jokes, but a little, a little broad, Alex. Little you know, broad. we try to push the envelope in comedy on this podcast, and I wish, you know, I'll do my part. Yeah, I'll do my it part. was very network sitcom that one. Next up from Vodka Soda 19, as someone who is not a Spartan fan but roots for their success because I'm rooting for your happiness. Who is Breslin? Uh, Jack Breslin was a former admin, right? Yes. Yeah. Admin of the university. Came at a time where regular people could have buildings named after them. Right? Yeah. Those days are gone. It's like McNamara Terminal. Just a regular dude that was hanging out in Wayne County. That was it? Was yeah. Student, an athlete, and an administrator. And uh, Vodka So 19, he was born June 23rd, 1920, and died August 2nd, 1988. So, yeah. there you go. His son was on the board of trustees for a period of time. Who cares? Um, and his name will probably not be on that building forever. So Bill, Bill Breslin was his name. Yeah. Young I'm Bill Breslin. I'm surprised that no one has bought that yet. Yeah, to the Breslin family, I think they probably know. Like, we've been getting away with this one for a while. A long time. <laughs> Good for them. And why not? Because you know what? I bet it happens when Izzo finally retires because there's something synonymous with coming to the Brez, the Izzo. Uh, they'll there's put it sh- on the court, though. Yeah. I, I assume right. the Ish Wish is going to come at some point in time. Yeah. Jonesy. Ish Wish for a fish dish. Vodka Soda asks, also, what number is Max Christie? Whenever Five. you say his name on the pod, I visualize Chris Christie. Very different people. Would like yeah. to watch for Max in the next game so I can visualize correctly. Five. He's number five yep. for the moment. And frankly, five. if there was one player who was the absolute antithesis of Chris Christie in every <laughs> physical respect, 
<laughs> playing on this team, it would have truly, to be Max Christie. Truly Max Christie. Would it be Max Christie? Or would it be like Julius Marble or something like that? No, because no. at least he's got some width to him. Marble does. I think it's Christie. Yeah, there's something, yes, about Max Christie. Well, he's just sort of a lith. He's kind of like... Light. Life. Life. Is life. It life. Listen, we have to stop correcting each other with the grammar. Grama- Let's just not try words anymore. Let's stay on brand. Next up, Dan Hellpepper. Uh, Grooch, is there any point in recommending UTV critics check out the absolute classic German sci-fi series, Doc? Gotta watch Doc? the subtitle version. The dub sucks. Eins, zwei, drei. Uh, I actually had the first four or five episodes downloaded on my iPad at one point, and then I on, went on a flight. I ended up Kindle? doing something else. Huh. Um, I've been meaning to watch the show, and Dan Hellpepper, maybe this is what it takes for me to go back to it, because I've heard nothing but good things. Have you guys seen this? No. Dark? Nine. I'll check heard, it out, though. I've heard that it's a little cynical. Um, and I've heard that it's From difficult the Germans? to follow. Uh, yeah, can you believe it? The Germans. With uh, Olaf Schatz, their, their new <laughs> chancellor. Really standing up to Vlad. Uh, what I'm want- Next from Dan Hellpepper, what I'm really wondering, which is uh, how much of the episode is in Juwan Howard mad voice? <laughs> Malik? I don't know what Malik is at the end of this. Uh... We got some uh, we got some Juan Howard mad voice already. I can't do it on demand. It has to happen organically. Uh, but Find Dan, some whiskey. Appreciate... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dig deep. Let's maybe, see maybe, maybe by the end of the pod, everybody. We'll some podcasts will do voices on demand. This is not one of them. I uh, appreciate you, though, Dan Hellpepper, for remembering. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad that is yeah, not just a bit that we enjoy for ourselves. Because I love it. I enjoy it for my fucking self. So I love much. it that Jonesy hates it, but he oh, knows he that do people it. like it, so he it tolerates people it. People are it demanding it. They want it. Jonesy hears it and he's like, "Oh, I get so mad with the Joanne Howard voice. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I get so mad. Oh, I hear the Joanne jo- jo- Howard up, voice. I'm Mama Maple mad. Leaf." Oh. Would it just be okay to focus on how well Tyson Walker did and let sleeping dogs lie? And this no! is the question that this is why weren't you there, Mama, when they were inviting Izzo for any level of feedback about Tyson Walker? Why couldn't you just speak up and say to him then, Tom, just celebrate the kid. Just celebrate the kid. 26 points. And then he would have said, Yeah, but you know Frazier. Gabe Gabe works so hard. So does I mean, Kurt Frazier. Oh, okay. And a have, couple, and a have couple you been breaks. to Frazier's pub? They got, they got the, they got the wood paneling. Uh, next up from Mopolief, Uh Speaking of what Grooch says is great television, not only Murders in the Building builds on the trio podcaster theme and attempting to investigate the truth behind a recent murder. Even more explosive are the lies they tell each other. Oh, what lie oh. have you told each other recently? Are you I'm trying a, to tear no, us apart, Mama no, Belief? And, and, if, and if you are, well played. You should. Yeah. This is absolutely why we're here. But more importantly, that was too much. Okay, you, that was too much <laughs> lead-in. And you tried to use the word not in the cynical 1990s like, been nah. here for her other questions? I'm just saying, this one was, I couldn't tell. I mean, I think it's the few <laughs> straight bourbon whiskey, Evanston, Illinois. I think that's what this Fuse. is. Fuse. Fireball. Fuse. Is I'll this join you. 
Plum. Is this the whiskey episode? We've had the scotch episode. Now we're on our way to the whiskey episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what are lies that we've told each other recently? I think we've told Plum that he's a listener guest. Yeah, and Plum, that is a lie. Plum's... And that is a lie. Why, Plum? I'm a co-host. I deserve this. I what am. makes you say that? Plum, what makes you say that? Because I want it. <laughs> That's sad. Is that too sad? Alex, deploying? open Alex. your phone and go to the podcast and wait. tell us what you see. Wait, I haven't done it yet. Is this how I'm yeah. finding out? Did she yep. do this? Live on the air. See, Was- Mama Maple Leaf tried to kill us with this question, but we <laughs> judoed it. We judoed it and we, we grew stronger. There he is. Look at you. I'm here. It's I been that way for it. a week. Idiot. Is it really? I made I made yeah. Garver delete a tweet because he called it out this second, and you didn't even notice. <laughs> we had a tweet all ready to go, thanking B List for designing that thing like six months ago, and not you, you and us never using it. Do you know why I I listened because I didn't listen or I listened to last week's because I wasn't on it, but I listened to it from my iPad, and the way that it mm. shows up on my iPad when I was uh-huh, on the uh-huh, the treadmill, uh-huh. it didn't see the logo. Welcome. Welcome, Welcome to the podcast. Wow, I'm gonna. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm ready to relinquish listener guest. It. Yeah. It, this is this is truly what. It, it's on my resume. Soon after this, you quit the pod. Yeah, I mean, you did uh, tell us that you're going to be missing. Well, a don't, no, weeks. I mean, I can't anymore. Now I got to figure out how to get my microphone to fucking Mexico. This will be good. Next up from Mama Maple Leaf, really bringing us down. Thirty percent of plastic ends up in products that can't be recycled, even if collected. The Department, of- <laughs> the Department of Energy granted 1.7 million to MSU School of Packaging. Professor, that can't be correct. Rabnawaz. Rabnawaz will be working to make these Rouse inherently in- unrecyclable products recyclable to reduce future waste. Do Let's you see. recycle? Is the question at the end? Of all. Honestly, after that, after having to read that, Mama Maple Leaf, not I may anymore. not recycle any of my cans not just anymore. to spite you. Do you recycle? It's like a whole paragraph, and then three simple words are the question. At the end. Do you know? And I'm not even embarrassed to admit this, but it is to my own probably ignominy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I. I recycle my returnables. I don't return my cans. I recycle them because in my mind, it saves the money for education because in Michigan, the 10 cent deposit funds education. Right. That's why the education system is so good here because you got, you got both the lottery and the 10 cent deposit. You got it. Yeah. We have, and Michigan's education system is great by the way. Exactly. Overfunded. The teachers have a lot of say in what happens in their classrooms. It's, it's great. Yep, and it's it's big. They're all the very happy. Big yep. leaf, best education in the country. I'm just gonna say this is a big Dude, deal. Cycle. Next up, Mr. Neurotic Pants. What role did Plum play in clearing out the Ottawa protesters? I put on a. This is terrible podcast content. What was I gonna say? What is the? What we were just? I was trying to make the joke about Arm? Angler. It's, it's the whiskey. That I, but that I, it's a whiskey. That I put on a uh, speedo. Yep, and I was gonna go there, and my gut overhanging covered my penis, but I lifted it up, and it was so upsetting to all the 
the gathered protest. What does he, this even he mean? Brought Angler out there. I'm, I just don't know. Did they I don't... left their trucks in Ottawa and they were and just like, we need to go. They we fled. Just they just fled. On, there were no arrests. They just fled on foot. I don't, I mean, frankly, I like that I'm somehow affiliated with this, but I don't even know what it means. What does it mean? I don't know. I, I don't know what it means. My understanding is the Canadian government did some shady stuff too. Here's the question though. And you know, people are saying that uh, they're very upset with um, Justin Trudeau because at first he didn't do enough. And then when and he finally decided to do something, he suspended the civil liberties with their emergency law to clear him out. Now it's too much. So, you know. Having think- just been in Canada, I was oh. assured that those laws will be rolled back just oh, as soon as possible. Just as soon as those truckers are not in a, the mm-hmm. darn roads. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Those Canadian. truckers can take off, eh? All uh, right. Next no, up- I'm going to read it. This is for you, Greg. If a basketball team is shooting cold, is it lack of concentration or just basketball? It's lack of basketball. Oh, it's a both hand. Yeah. Yep. That's my favorite thing to do, a both hand. Uh, next up from Mr. Erotic Pan, uh, Pants, Plum, uh, is Ezra's rep and the spiritual life of MSU basketball going to suffer like Coach D's program in the last few years? This is something that people are asking. This we is something. to cover this, but the people are saying. Okay, well let's 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 do some framing. Let's let's set some context. Greg, remind me how many years did D'Antonio coach in this program? 10? 11? 11. 13. 13. Thir- was it really 13? Yeah. 2007? Yeah, 2000 Oh, 2000, you're right. Okay, it was. 7 to yep. to 20. 2020. Yeah, 2019. All right. So, okay. Still. Now tell me how long has Tom Izzo been at the helm of this program? Uh, basically my entire living memory. Yes. So, you know, I'll say that there is a little bit longer of a runway that Tom has. He's a loud, a blip or two. I will say, this isn't the question that you asked, but I'm going to just take the editorial privilege here. You know, I think I texted this to you guys, or maybe I said it to Jones. When we were in college, it had been six, seven, then eight years since Michigan State had won a national championship, and we were itchy for it. Yeah, we were it saying like it, it was a long time ago then. Right? And we were like, oh, it's been a minute. Like, we're, yeah. we're due for a national championship. Like, this guy wins national championships. Why haven't we won a national championship? It's 2022. So, you know, in one response to this question, Mr. Neurotic Pants, uh, the last 22 years have been the backslide you're talking about here. But in another way, and and this is, you know, the thing that earnest, honest, everyday fans will point to is all of his plaudits. The number of Final Fours, the number of Big Ten championships, the amazing players that he's cultivated, his sheer, you know, volume of, of a program wins, the fact that he's, how many? Two? Wins away from surpassing Bobby Knight. It'd be easy and, to remember uh, that number. We're going to be hearing it for a while. A long time. So I don't know. I it's uh I don't know. Is it is it going to suffer like D's program? In some respects, it has been for the last twenty two years, and in other respects, eh, this is a real fucking banger of a year. <laughs> I also you point to the final fours, and the thing is, there was some bad luck that yeah happened. Like he's he's been so close, and and there's been bad luck. Like I, I mean, yeah. Well, at least he got I, one. 
you you can't when when a guy goes to that many final fours it's you get a long runway to find out if they've really fell off the tracks yep well in that respect we're not there yet we're not in that respect we're not there yet all right well last up from mnp this one for you jonesy this week Tom invites players onto the radio show and invites Spartan Nation to let his players know how disgraceful they are. An angry Mel Tucker shows up to practice. You won't be on the football team in the fall unless you take it to the paint. Izzo repeatedly hangs up on a drunk dialing Danton Cole. Red-nosed motherfucker, I got problems of my own. Stevie asks out a motion dancer, but she may be more interested in the coach. <laughs> wow. There's a lot to Scandal. A lot to unpack here. Yeah, Izzo, let's uh, not go down that road, by the way, my man. <laughs> yeah, that's also that's some groan. That's some groan, my dude. Uh, also, there's some things here that feel inappropriate to say out loud. Mm. Well, I'm that's glad why that I, I encourage Plum to get into the whiskey before we get down to this question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, though uh, I will say about Mel Tucker. Um, Man, I had the the quote pulled up, but he he retweeted a, a video from the the volleyball coach about um, I'm gonna miss the the quote, but there was something about sort of aggressively learning mm. that uh, elite elite learners was what she was demanding out of the volleyball team that they are they become elite learners, um, and I feel like uh, Mel Tucker uh, showing up the basketball practice, taking some nuggets of wisdom turning them into quotes that become the new version of chop life. Unsurprised, unsurprised by that. Uh, next up, Anthony Sharver, Sharver <laughs> Little asks better Little punch shardy. Juwan or Derek Nix. Greg. Wow. This is, this is a deep cut. I presume that this is in reference to the little Derek Nix force tap sack situation against Indiana. Was there a punch that he threw at some point? Uh, so there was a question about this, uh, there was a stanchion that he punched, a foam stanchion. Oh, stanchion, stanchion, yeah, and stanchion against Iowa, against Iowa. So maybe this portends some good luck that Anthony Lil Shardy Garvet is wanting to tell us about uh, Tuesday's game. Yeah, he punched the uh, the pad on the basketball on the on the thing. Right? Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. I mean, that was a real punch. Uh, by a real man. Um, so I'll take that one. You also could have gone with the Brandon Dawson um, punched uh, punched a wall at at uh, Penn State. Um, sure, there was that one. Does everyone remember that uh, the intrigue? But so basically, I, just, I envision uh, Andy from The Office. Yes, uh, Adrian Payne and Brandon Dawson got in a fight in a hotel yes. room, and then they were yep. just like. Brandon Dawson uh, was watching film and he got really disappointed in his yeah. uh, performance. So he punched a, be- a bed. But Izzo marched, the them at- Izzo marched them out to have to answer questions eventually for that. Yeah, but- that was that was worse. Uh, it was not as bad, apparently. Uh, um, but this is a good question. Uh, always good questions uh, from Sharbert. Number two, uh, prop bet of the week. MSU's number of Big Ten wins by the end of conference play versus number of points per game average from MSU's scoring leader this season. Gabe is currently at 11.8. And how many Big Ten wins do we have right now? 
Ten? Old, old, old. I wasn't expecting this. Come on. Dumb. This is something we should just know. This is why. <clears throat> Pretty sure it's to. 10. I'm going to say 10. 10. Uh, nine and six currently. Oh. Nine. So nine with five to play. Two? I think we pick up Maryland. I, I, so I think we move. I think we exceed. I'm going over on Big Ten wins. You think you win three of the next five? Yeah, I do. I hand up. I genuinely do. I'm going two of the next five. Yeah, one, one of the next five. Okay. I think we'll get to ten wins. Big Ten. Woo! Ten wins. Woo! I think we beat Iowa. We beat Michigan, and we beat Maryland. And honestly, if you you told me we took one of the two, Ohio State and Purdue, I'd believe you. No, we are gonna only. We will only beat Michigan. Um, if we, Plum, if you are correct, then this might be Izzo's first losing Big Ten season of his career, because that would put him at 10 and 11. That's great. And no, I that would happens. put him at 10 and 10. That would put him at 10 and 10. Yeah, he won't, yeah, he'll never have lost a Big Ten. But more importantly to me, he won't have beaten Bobby Knight in Big Ten season this season, and have been Big Ten player this season. And that, that matters to me. Hmm. That matters what is to me. alarming is that the Gabe component is interesting to me because um, that's just going to continue to fall. Yeah, um, yeah. But but Max but, is at nine point seven, and Malik is at nine point seven, and Tyson is at nine point five. That is fucked up for the number of minutes that Max Christie plays for his average conference only. Conference only. Conference. Only. I don't give a fuck. Even in the conference, if you just look at the number of minutes that he plays compared to Walker or Hall, it's 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 at least on average eight, nine, ten minutes more. I don't know why your vitriol is directed at Max Christie when Gabe plays nearly the same amount of minutes. Fuck Gabe. I'm just saying, Max. I. Mm-mm. I'm going over and under because he said it at eleven point five. I forgot to read that and all that. That was critical information for the listener that I left off uh, that we had here on the podcast. Ah, the over under. I'm going over 11.5 on wins, going under on where the um, leading scorer ends up. This is truly a mediocre team by committee um, yeah. in every way. Uh, I'm going to have uh, on average. I'm just going to It really is. It was, who, who's the, Gabe is the highest right now? Gabe, well, yeah. Remember? Do you remember what Gabe used to do? This I was Gabe's been, team. I've, I've forgotten when Gabe was I good. I can't remember it. Yeah, I'm going to say under on both, guys. Under on both. Uh, we, uh, we're going to skip one of Upper Deck Jerkai's questions and come back to it because his first question that we're going to do is what the WTF happened to Gabe? Did Paul Malix put a hex on him? Listen, that, I, my vitriol has only are, improved players. Okay? Yeah, Joey. Joey. That's it. That's all I got to say. Uh, next up from the Upper Deck Jerkai. When are you just going to kick Grooch off the pod? Oh, He's God. worthless. Yep. It's fair. God. It's fair criticism, except for uh, you forget, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Uh, somebody needs to actually cut this thing together. There it is. I'm well, I'm the in, Will Teeman of this podcast. He's got it. Episode, they need me for the microphones you, and the recording. You need to cut this together. For you, <laughs> you need to cut this together. This week. And also, uh, I couldn't give this up, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. I need to I need to ask you, you know, how was Gabe's game every week? How was Gabe's game? Uh, all right, last up, I think this is a great place to end it. 
What was your worst experience while at MSU? Plum, I'll start with you. Oh my God. I don't. Kissing me. That rings up there, Mike, as one of the best. One of the real best. You know, they always ask, you know, what can get you instantly hard? What is the one thing you go to when you need to perform? (laughs) They always ask. They always ask. They always ask. And I always say. It's. It's one of those interview questions you got to be ready I, for. You got to be ready for it. And I always say. I always Mike, ask people that. Mike Jones is cold lips. Cold. Cold lips. Soulless lips. Just. Oh, so if, if, if that In wasn't. If that wasn't my worst experience, then I hope it's all of our listeners worst experience now. I don't know. What about you, Greg? I mean, this and is to just... think I was going to make up a story about how I was in the student section and then some jerk from the upper deck was yelling obscenities mean and things. asking when I was going to leave the student section. But um, we've done better than that. Bar has been raised. Yeah. Um, you wanted to end got. on this. You know, if you were going to end it, we should have, I should have, we should have guys should have gotten a heads up. I should have gotten a heads up. <laughs> I mean, the question was there. I did. I did the outlining. I can't. The question read. was there. Yeah. Um, All right. I worst experience while at MSU. Are you going to uh, answer this sincerely? Don't. Why do? Why go there? Who even knows? I don't want to have to dredge through the memories of sadness. I, I, no, I. I will say. Uh, I. I made a dear friend who then decided to become an RA, and just like. What's it like having a friend who's a narc for a living? Okay. Oh I don't know God. if he's talking about me or Sapac, but I think that we can both be offended in the same way. You you know Sapac wasn't a narc. You, you bring this you bring you, this out in people joke. And not only that, but you know that I was a hundred percent. Yeah, um, you roll you you would roll back to the dorms drunk, being like, Who am I gonna bust? Yes! <laughs> that's a thing! That is a thing though. For three years, the inequity. Truly, truly deplorable. Drunk Nothing on power. Gets Alex Plum off like power. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Your what cold was the... lips and power. Yeah, what was the thing that they always ask? We we got Plum's real answer after all. Greg, <laughs> <laughs> what's yours? That's a good one though. That might be mine, was the sheer and utter. I, I will say this. We were at a part. I'm going to, sorry. And it wasn't even a terrible experience, but we were at a party in, I, we were there. It was, I know you were, I was there with you, Jones. I don't know if Greg was there. In Yakely or Gilcrest. It was somewhere in North Campus. And I just remember it was one of those tiny dorm rooms where they were very like beautiful and old. And they had taken the um, uh, door off the hinge of their closet because their closets had doors. And they took it off sure. and we were playing beer pong on it. And RAs came to the door. And they were like, we need your IDs. And I grabbed your arm and we walked past, I don't remember this. We walked past them and they're like, you guys can't leave. And I was like, I know you can't stop us. And they said something and I said, because I'm an RA. And then we just kept going. I'll see you guys at the meeting. Yeah. Uh, Times. Honestly, the more that you think about it, yeah, they're not entitled to stop you. They're not. No, they're not. They can't physically touch you. Terrible. Yeah. They're not Greg Gard, you know? Ah! Honestly, though, Plum, that is a pro tip for all of our listeners who are students. Yeah, they can't Just touch walk you. Walk on by. We're not allowed to touch. Just you. get the fuck out. Close the door and lock the door behind you. They can't do anything. Well, they can call the police. Hmm. 
definitely get the fuck out before the police go because the that's actually not true. You can outweigh the police. They will not. They have more shit to do. So if you don't open the door, just just wait them out. They'll go well, eventually. They, they gotta get a warrant eventually. They right? can't. Oh, they cannot. You cannot key into a dorm unless they're actually afraid for your safety. And if it's just pot, which probably isn't even illegal anymore. Yeah, I don't think they're busting down doors for that. Yeah. It's illegal. Anyway, back back oh, this- back then, you had like five minutes, and the cops would be like, "But these, you know, they're just intimidating. They sound intimidating." So people yeah. open the door. Oh, all right. This is some nuggets. I wish we'd gotten to this earlier. Our protector guy wins today. I Good think. job. Great questions. Well, I don't know. Mamopoly asked, uh, "Do you recycle?" <laughs> so tough to tell. <laughs> It's a toss-up. Uh, gentlemen, this has been, uh, I will say for a week that was two losses, this has been a fun one, and I'm glad we did this. Uh, we're all getting through it together. And hey, look, it's going to be like a two-hour episode. Go figure. Um, well, there's a lot of cuts to make. Yeah, well, thank you, everyone, for your Twitter questions. Thank you, of course, for listening. Uh, the pod is, uh, I think Greg is the Goldilocks in whether this team is fine or there not is. uh so mm-hmm. uh i think this is a we, we would all agree big week in front of us big week in front of us and uh yeah, plum's making the trump gesture uh so with that gentlemen a resounding as always go green go white go height you had to ad- fucking aspirate that h yeah. just height height Height. Height.